0: Welcome back podcasters As I told you before The one that had the most Was a Kiowa They had more characteristics of the Plains Indian Than any other Plains Indian They were true Plains Indians Now What does the name mean? There we go What's in a name Shakespeare asked What's in a name Also for all of you podcasters That are bilingual Trilingual How many linguals you want to get into I think you would agree with this Because I've been told by those That are bilingual, trilingual and all that That there's some words In another language That can me- cannot be Translated exactly They just can't be Now, I want to give you one. Give you what I'm talking about. Years ago, an East German came to America. Now, for you podcasters that are very young, East Germany was a communist country. She came over here. My brother met her. They went riding around Kilgore one day. He wanted to show her the sights of Kilgore, Texas. And when they came back, she was laughing. So hard, I believe there were tears coming down her face. Well, I asked my brother, what's so funny? He said, We were riding around and she saw a store and read the name of that store and has been laughing ever since. But she knows when she gets back to Germany and she's going to remember the name of that store, she's going to start laughing. And her friends are going to ask what you would think they would ask. What is so funny? And she would have to tell them the truth. I can't tell you. Because the name of this store could not be translated into German. Now what was the name of that store? Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Cannot be translated into German. Another example. I do not know Japanese, but I was told by those who do that there is a word in Japanese that answers this question. How far should the newlyweds live from the in-laws? Not miles. How far? And this one word answers that question by this. The distance that you could take hot soup out of the oven and put it in your car and drive your in-laws and that soup would be lukewarm by the time you got there. Live no closer than that. Now my point, podcasters. When I ask you, what does a word mean? Remember everything I just told you because I'm going to tell you the word Kiowa. The word Kiowa. To begin with, how many times have I mentioned that originally the Indians called themselves the people? We are the people. We are the real The word Kiowa, it depends on who's saying that word, what that word means. If that word is a Comanche, if a Comanche is saying that word, then Kiowa meant mouse. M-O-U-S-E if there's only one. Mice, if there are more than one. Now, I don't know about you podcasters, but how would you like to belong to a group known as the Mice? The Mice. What about the Mickey Mouse Club? Huh? Well, maybe a little bit different. So in Comanche, Kiowa went mouse a mice. But in Kiowa, remember, we are the people? In Kiowa, the word meant Also remember, Japanese, what is the distance you live from the, you remember all that? In Kiowa, the name meant the people who paint their face and body a different color. The people who paint their face and body a different color. Kiowa, Kiowa, how many were there? Hang on, podcasters. No more than 2,000 at their greatest number. No more than 2,000. 2,000 that lived in 10 different bands that only came together once a year at the Sundance. Okay, I got some math majors out there. I got some math club nerds out there. One of the math club nerds is probably drawing stick figures right now, all right, all right. 2,000 in 10 different bands. Courtney, what would be the average number of Kiowa in each band? I think Courtney could come up with that. 200, 200. In that 200, how many are female? How many are male? Of the men, how many are old? Too old for war, too old for hunting. How many are too young? How many you got left? How many warriors do you have out of a band of 200 Kiowa? You get the tip of the spear? You get that point? There wasn't many of them. And tough Oh, yes, people, they were tough. Why <clears throat> One might ask, why were there so few Kiowa? Oh, I, Kiowa might say, I'm glad you asked that. So, here we go. Why are there so few Kiowa? This is religion, people. This is religion. Before there were any people on this earth, the Creator came, and he was walking along the trails and the forest, and he heard voices, and the voices were coming from a log. He went over to that log, and he heard the voices in this particular log, and he was lonely because the Creator was the only one on the earth, and so he hit that log with a stick, bam, and out came some Kiowa The creator reached down and picked them up in his hand, and he looked at them. They were not put together correctly. Arms from the front and the back, legs, oh my gosh. And so he rearranged them correctly, and he set them on the ground and let them go. They took off. At that log a second time, some more Kiowa came out. He reached down and he picked them up. They were put together just fine. He didn't need to do anything with him so he put him down and let him run off. He hit the log a third time. And as the cow started running out, now we have two versions of the same story. It depends on who you ask. In one version of that story, as the cow was running out of the log the third time that he hit it, some of the women were pregnant. And the Kiowa realized there'd been hanky-panky going on in that log, and he got mad, he never hit it again, and so the rest of the Kiowa is still in that log. The other version of that story, that one of the pregnant women got stuck in the log, and the others can't get out. So they're still there to this day. So whether you want version A or version B, that's why there's not many Kiowa. The log was only hit three times. in this story. So there weren't very many Kiowa. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get them born and kind of bring them up. And so when a child was born, and remember they love their children, they love their daughters, but they're just not as important for survival as the male. So we don't know much about them. But when the boy was born, he's gonna be given a name. And I'm gonna say this again with a comanche. What's your name, Mr. Shakespeare? Well, with the Cow and the Comanche and with many of these others, I mean just about everything that you would ever want. Now, it is amazing to me that if you say something regardless of how weird and it is, if you add after the other person starts to laugh, the Indians believe that, then people stop laughing. The Indians did that, then they stop laughing. If you could say well, they jumped around like rabbits. Why were they? Well, the Indians did that. You stop laughing. It is amazing to me that no matter how wild and fantastic the story is, if you say Indians did that, all of a sudden it's true and nobody laughs anymore. Have you ever heard the way Indians got their name? Mother named them for the first thing they saw after giving birth. And I know people, there's some big jokes out there. Really? Mothers name their children for the first thing they saw after giving birth? They'd all have the same name, top of teepee. How in the world do people believe that nonsense? How do they get the name for their child? The way we do it today. The mother the father sat around in the teepee. What are we going to name? What are we going to name the boy? If he's a boy... When well, actually was a boy, we want to be a great warrior. We want to be a great warrior. They don't have many children. They're not in the naming game. All right, podcasters. What you want is the best name you can get the best name. The one that would be more assured of strength, courage, health everything good now here's another thing about the naming you come up with a great sounding name does not mean that you're gonna be assured you could come up with a name like Mini scalps well you couldn't get a better Indian name than many scalps now could you so you name your little boy many scalps and all of a sudden he's sick from the day he was born but you look at this other warrior a great warrior And his name is Laughing Turtle. Laughing Turtle is a great warrior. Many scalps isn't. You get the point? It's not the name. It's the magic of the name. And there's no way, no way to know which name would contain the more magic and the more power. But they did believe there was a way that you could get a little guarantee, a little one. And that was by going to the greatest warrior in your band. And you get that great warrior to name your little boy. And the thinking was simple. If you get a great warrior to name him, the chances of that being a great name, a whole lot better than if you went over and got the little sissy. And so they would often go to the greatest warrior in that camp, and my gosh, he podcasters, they all knew who that was. In our society... We're not supposed to brag. Don't do it. That's why, by the way, the Medal of Honor was created, was for men who are not supposed to brag, would have a medal they could wear and they don't have to do any bragging. Well, with the Kiowa, they never heard of such nonsense as don't brag. After all, what do they say? If you don't do what to your own horn? Oh, they brag, people. They knew who the greatest warriors were. They knew that. You look at the scalps. So let's just agree. They all know who the greatest warrior is. And so you go and ask him, Would you name our son when he comes? And then he would ask you a question What kind of name you want? You want a mediocre name? You want a powerful name? kind of name you want well a powerful name we want the most powerful name that you can come up with and then the great warrior would say are you willing to pay for what you're getting because not all names are the same if you want the most powerful name that I can come up with it's going to cost you it's going to cost you this is your son you want the best so you tell this right warrior. I want the best name you can come up with and I don't care what the cost is and so he says I will give you the best name that I can come up with and you know what the cost is you want to know ahead of time everything you've got I'll say that again everything that you've got I want every horse you've got, every dog, every tomahawk. Should I keep going? Everything you've got. Well, so you're going to be the, the new father? What do you say? Oh, wait, wait wait a moment. I didn't mean that. My gosh. Oh, I don't know. I can afford it. You say that? That's your son. You know what those tower would say? I was hoping you'd say that because I want the best for my boy because if you say that's too expensive let's go down to the mediocre name what's that telling them about you? Your abilities as a warrior? You're not quite that good? You're not good anymore? If you ever were? Oh no, you would say I was hoping you would say that because if you take everything I've got you know what? I'm such a great warrior in no time. I'm going to get it back and more. And so the great warrior says, okay, you want the best name I'm come up with. And so the little boy is born. And now we have the naming ceremony. There they are around the fire. And a shaman would take that little boy and put him in his hands. He put him near the ground and he would bring him up as if he was growing, to symbolize growing up. And he would bring him up And then he would reach above his head and hold that little boy up above his head to signify I want him to grow into a man. And then he would ask, and what name? Hang on, podcasters. It's naming time. You could have heard a buffalo horn drop. And with all that silence, all that tension, that great warrior steps out and he says here it comes He says and his name shall be Hang on Podcasters Mine You just gave him your own name and I will tell you the mother and the father who's gonna pay everything they've got OMG Oh 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 I was hoping I was hoping If you're a great warrior, what's the greatest name? Your name. Give him your name. And this great warrior now has no name. And so he has to do one of two things. Come up with another one or just go without a name. A warrior that I hope you've heard about. Who is considered the greatest warrior the Sioux Nation ever had podcasters you know Mount Rushmore did you know there's an old man that started carving another sculpture out of the Black Hills and this sculpture is going to be the greatest warrior the Sioux ever had you ever heard of him Crazy Horse Crazy Horse that's the way Crazy Horse got his name That was his father's name. There are many, many more podcasts. It's going to be a while before I tell you about Crazy Horse. He's associated with the Little Bighorn Custer, 1876. To give that little boy your own name was the greatest name that you could give, people. That's the greatest one. And so you got every bit of the horses that you paid for that name. And now your little boy... One of the reasons I really like the Bible is they had warrior societies. Warrior societies. And as soon as that little boy took his first breath, he is in a warrior society. Now, I may be using the wrong term, warrior. But what society he is in, and these are the translation. Remember that Translation. He will be in a society known as the Rabbit Society. R A B I T T. The Rabbits. He will be a rabbit. A rabbit. And as he's growing up as a rabbit, he is going to be taught everything that a Kiowa man needs to know. You'll be taught about the war, hunting buffalo, hunting deer. Everything the Kiowa man needs to know is going to be taught. By who? Two of the greatest warriors in that band are going to teach him everything he needs to know. And then once he becomes a man, no longer a boy, he's then going to be invited into a warrior society. Now I'm going to tell you what these societies are. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You heard about these rabbit trails? You keep going off on these rabbit trails down to the rabbit hole. It can happen because each one of these things leads to something else, and we're getting further and further away from this little boy. And so I'm going to have to tell you this, and then I'm going to come back about the little boy, the little rabbit. The name of these warrior societies. Here we go people. We don't know all of them. But we do know the name of a few. You ready? A few of them. Horse headdresses. The black legs. The crazy horses. That's a few of them. But there is one. All there is one, people. Now these societies that I just mentioned, they're all equal. Now when I went in the Marine Corps many years ago, I wrote home to my dad and my mom that I was in 3rd Battalion, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego, 3rd Battalion. At one time I wrote my dad and told him I was in 3rd Squad in the infantry. My dad had never been in the military, and he wrote to me one day and he wanted to make sure that I, he was proud of me. But he went on to say, You know, Dave, if you really try hard, you might be able to move up to second squad or maybe even first squad. These warrior societies were not like that. To be a crazy horse did not mean you were a better warrior than if you were in another one. So, have you known things in life, the way they're supposed to be and the way they are, are two different things? Because with these Kiowa Warrior Societies, the way they're supposed to do is they're all equal, they're all equal, it does not matter. But if you looked at the members of each society, what you would notice is they're all great warriors. But I'm going to tell you this right now, podcaster. Every warrior among the Kiowa was great. Every one of them. But what you notice about these societies is they were divided by age groups. Because when a Kiowa became a man, he's about 16. So if you're a 16-year-old and you get into a warrior society made up of 30-year-olds, You're going to feel like an outcast. You're not. You want to be with the society of all the little boys you grew up with. So, in reality, the warrior societies were set apart by ages. And I bet you if you could find that a rabbit went into a particular society, then after a couple more years he went into another one, they were all divided by age groups. Except one. Except one. With this society, it was reserved for the bravest of the brave, the greatest of the great. And it did not matter how long you had been a warrior, there was nothing automatic about acceptance into this one. The greatest, bravest warriors of the Kiowa were in this society known as the Koisinka. The Koisinka. K-O-I-N-S-K-O. The Koesinka. And what does it mean in translation? Real dogs. The real dog, are asked if there's more than one. There's. Are the principal dog, also known as the sash wearer. Now, these warrior societies had different lodges. And when a war party was being gotten up, and it was a major war party, some Kiowa would go to each of the societies and they had a pipe. And we don't don't know who this warrior was, but he'd take that pipe and he'd take a drag on it and then he would hand that pipe to another member of that warrior society and that pipe was handed to every member of that warrior society. If you took a drag on that pipe, you have enlisted on that war party. Notice what I just told you. It was voluntary. You did not have to go. Because unlike our society, at least it was during Vietnam and World War II, if you got a letter to be drafted, they did not ask you if you wanted to go. You just went. With the Kiowa... It was individual choice. Call it now, the Volunteer Army. Because war was too serious. Now, I'm going to say, with the Kiowa, when they did not wish to go to a war party, it was by no means that they were a coward. War is too important. After all, it is life and death, Podcaster. And the coward you. if everything is not in its right place, you are not going to be forced to go to war. To my knowledge, it was like that with every group of Indians. And even on war parties, if a warrior changed his mind and wanted to go back, you did not call him a sissy or a coward. It was important. Now, if you're going through all of that, there was one, 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 one. What is the loneliest number in the world? O-N-E, people. There was one warrior that had no choice. And that was the Koisinka, the Sashwar. If it was a major war party, now here we go. How? What is the difference between a major war party and a... I have no idea, but they knew. They knew the difference. If it was a major war party, the Korsinka's going. No ifs, ands, buts, no doubt about it, that Korsinka is going. Now what does he do on a war party? The obligation of the Korsinka, he has a sash he wears. The sash fits over the right shoulder, comes under his left arm and drags down to the ground. If you have any of those books, or you go to the library, and you find the Time-Life books of the Old West, look for the one with the Great Chiefs. Then you look in the index, and you find a warrior by the name of Sitting Bear. And you look at his picture, and you're going to be looking at you, black and white. First thing you're going to notice, he's got a mustache. And the second thing, you got to look close. You're going to see what I am convinced was a sash. A sash. It's a sash wearer. When you went on a war party as a sash wearer, as the Koy Sika, when you found the enemy, and you just visualize this, the enemy that might be a camp, they're coming out, they're coming out to attack you, and remember, you're on the Great Plains, you could see for a long way. The course seeker, the sash wearer, would then ride down toward the enemy by himself. He would then dismount from his horse, take his sash off, take an arrow, and stick that arrow through a hole in that sash. And what he's doing is he's pinning himself to the ground. He's letting the enemy warriors know I'm the toughest one here. If you want to fight the toughest one, that's me. And I don't care if you come one at a time or you all come at once. These Indians, they all believed they were tougher than everybody else. They were braver than anyone else. And one of the ways you proved that to everyone else was you killed the toughest of the enemy. Podcast, you know what that Kyle was just doing? Now, when those enemy warriors came after him. He had to stand there on that sash until another Kiowa came by and pulled that arrow up and released him from his obligation. Can you start picturing some things? Because the thing that the Indians did differently than us is they fought as individuals. Now in combat, yes it is the individual, but They did not fight like a squad formations, flanking attacks, they fought as individuals. And so I have this image in my mind that Okawa War Party got about five hills back from where they had the little battle. And someone said, did anyone go and pull the arrow up from the Kowsinka Sash? Well, I thought you were going to do that, didn't you? You want to guess the life expectancy of a Kowsinka? Short. Short. When a Kawasinka was killed, the Kiowa Warrior Societies regathered. There were society members standing in their lodge, had a sash. And he walked up to each Kiowa warrior and he looked at him. And then, when he saw one that he wanted to be the sash wearer, he handed that sash to him. And I would bet you any amount of money every one of those Kiowas, that Kiowas is walking by with that sash to give that sash every one of those Kiowas saying to himself me, 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 let it be me, let it be me, let it be me. These are the Kiowa. And when that sash was offered to one oh they took it people. They took it. Now since these Indians wanted to prove that they were the bravest, if you were not a sash wearer and there was a war party that was not considered major, you could go to the sash wearer because he did not have to go on the minor war parties, only the major, and you could borrow the sash from him. And when you borrowed the sash, you did exactly the way the sash wearer did. you pinned yourself to the ground and you fought like and that would then advertise to the other cow that you are as brave as any Kawasinko ever was now in our society do we have a warrior society like this and i would have to say yes and that is the medal of honor society And yes podcasters there is a medal of honor society And all you have to do to get in the Medal of Honor Society is... Are you ready? Be awarded a Medal of Honor. That's all. Now back to the boy. The little rabbit. That has been trained by the great warriors of the Kiowa Band. Now that he's 16, about 16 years of age, that's what he looks like. He's going to go on a vision quest. Now, this is going to be a little bit different. This is extremely important, podcasters. When he's about 16, it's time to become a man. And the whole band knew when that was. You're going to show up in the center of the band so everybody knows that you're going. And you're going to go out to have a vision. This vision is going to have magic. That strength given to you by Supernaturals Now before I get started on this I want to explain a ballpark Way of looking at The Indian religion They believed there was a creator Now we got one or two things If you were on a war party And you wanted help on a war party And you prayed to the creator The creator is not going to help you He's not going to help you. Why not? Why not? Well, here we go. It's like the log and the cow. One version is, how many creators are there? One. One. How many cow are there? How many Comanche? How many Indians? How many of you think, on any given moment, are asking me for help? I got no time. I haven't got time. What do you think would happen to the universe if I took off every time somebody wanted some help? I'd never get anything done. So, one version is, I don't have time to help you. There's too many of you and only one of me. So you don't ask the Creator for anything. Another version is, love to help you. Love to help you. Problem is, you're human and I'm not. I'm going to say that again. You're human and I'm not. I have never been human. You've been thirsty. I've heard you talk about that. I've never been thirsty. I've never been hungry. I've never been scared. I've never been hot. I've never been cold. Well, I'd love to help you, human. I just don't know what you're talking about. So you take those two interpretations of the creator. And so when you go out on this vision quest and you need help, you do not talk and ask the creator. No good. The good news is there are people, excuse me, there are little saints, supernaturals, that are only willing to help you because there are so many of them They are bored and they're looking for somebody to help. And so you make contact with one of them. Or the other interpretation, they're not the creator and they're not human. They're in between. So although they're not human, they're closer to being human than the creator. So they know what being thirsty is, although they're not thirsty. The end result of all of this, podcaster, is you don't ask the creator. You get in touch with one of these lesser gods Supernatural, you come up with a term, that's who you want to contact. Now, that supernatural can be in any form that you can think of. And again, the form does not mean more powerful or less powerful. For example, a more powerful creator, I assuming, a more powerful supernatural might be the form of a lizard. A less powerful might be a buffalo. You just don't know. So the particular form that that supernatural takes to talk to you matters not. So you got to make contact with that supernatural. You go out on this vision quest, the last thing you want is to die. You don't want to die over this. But you're going to come awfully close, perhaps. Because you're going to travel. And you're going to go to a place where these supernaturals hang out and you're going to ask for help. You're not going to eat food. You're not going to drink water. And what you're going to do is you're going to stop three times a day. And you're going to pray for a supernatural to make contact with you. Now, all of these warriors know what's taking place. They know this boy is going to become a man he and he's go seek a vision. And so to help him out, because they are Plains Indians. They travel all over the place. They're nomadic. A warrior may say, little wolf, when I went to get my vision, we were camped in almost the same spot as we are now. And where I went, I went to the east I went for 3 days and I came to a river and I came to that part of the river where there's a waterfall and you know there're supernaturals all over that waterfall cuz they just like it. so if I were you that's where I would go and so you would say thank you thank you I'm heading for that waterfall so off you go stopping 3 times a day Pray for help. I don't know how long it would take, but they are human. And so after a little while, you got there and you're praying. I'd like to get in touch with the supernatural. So all of a sudden you remember, you know, I've not had anything to eat since I left the camp. And I bet you right now, mama is roasting buffalo. Oh yeah. I can almost smell that buffalo. I can almost taste that buffalo podcaster, what are they thinking about? Are they thinking about a supernatural to come help them? No, they're thinking about eating buffalo. Get your mind back on your business. That's why they have a knife. And so when the the mind started thinking more about buffalo than that vision quest, you take that knife and you start cutting yourself. It's all like today. If you're not Concentrating on the podcast, beat yourself, get your mind back on the podcast, so he sliced himself with that knife, and all of a sudden, that stick that was floating there in that water, that stick turned into a snake, and that snake lifted his head and looked right at you. And that snake said, I've chosen the form of a snake to come and talk to you. This is what I want you to do. When you get ready to go to war, I want you to take yellow paint and I want you to put the sign of the snake on your forehead, on your face, on your cheeks, and on your body and on your war pony. I want the snake on it in yellow, I prefer yellow not blue, greeny. I want yellow I want to give you a song to sing and when you sing this song it's going to alert me that you're getting ready to go to war and the song I want you to sing is wonderful moon, you last forever but I'm human and I must die you sing that and i know it's time to help you now, I want you to go and I want you to take a gopher. I want you to go to the gopher hole and take some of the dust and put that in a little bag and it will make you as quick as a gopher. I want you to kill a grizzly bear and from the right front paw take the claws. It will make you in battle as ferocious as a grizzly bear. Kill an eagle. Take the tail feathers. It will make you as swift as an eagle. Now do not ever tell anyone what's in this bag, because if you do, I'm taking back all the help that I've ever given you. If you do all of that, anytime you go into battle, I'll be there with you. And so you thank him. And you come back to camp and all of the boys come out and all the men come out and you tell them, I was going on the third day when I started getting hungry and thinking about mother's roasting buffalo. That's why I cut myself. And not long after I cut myself, that stick that had been floating in the water turned into a snake. And the snake told me, when I go into battle to put the symbol of the snake on my face and my body and my war point in yellow paint, and all the warriors are nodding, yes, yes. We've been there. We've done that. Now, that boy is a warrior. And when he gets ready to go to war, he's gonna sing the war song. He's gonna put the other snake on him. He got that bag around his neck. Podcaster. How psyched up do you think he is when he gets into battle? Athletes, football players, major league pitchers, are they superstitious? You take the mind of that warrior that's done everything I just told you about, and what type of psychological warrior have you got coming at you? Oh, podcasters, there's so many things to what I've just told you about the vision. First taught this to my 7th graders years ago, and they would ask they ever lie. For example, you went out on your third vision quest and you hadn't seen any stick turn into a snake. And you say, I'm tired of being a little boy. Let me just make this stuff up. And so you go back into camp and they all come around. Oh yeah, yeah, I got the vision this time. Let's see. Uh, there was this lizard it was turning around in circles. Uh, what else was going on? Let me see. Let me say something about this. How many times with politicians have we heard someone say, you know they are lying? You know they are lying? Do you? I've often heard, well, you have to get into the heart and mind of the person to know what they were. You know they're lying, don't you? What if he did lie? Now I can get married. Let's carry this on. Now there's gonna be a war party. You go there, and you got the paint to put on your face. You got no clue what to put on your face because nobody ever told you. So you just take some blue paint and you smear it around. Uh, song? I don't know any song. Uh, log, log, log in the tree. Podcaster. What is going to be the psychological makeup of that guy that he lied, he lied, he lied. He's got paint all over him. He doesn't know what it means. And he's going to go up against enemy warriors that have all the help. He used to have a term, nervous in the service. How long that's going to last? How long before he's dead? My point is this. I don't think any of them ever lied so you believe that you believe that stick turned into a snake that Charles talked to him if you were to write down every vision quest and every story What you would find is they're all telling the same story over and over and over and over. One story, it was a stick. And then it was a lizard. Then it was a turtle. But you know what? It's all the same story, podcasters. What? When that boy came back after receiving his vision, the whole band came to listen to that story. And so as you start growing up, 5 years old, 6 years old, 7 years old, 12 years how many stories of Vision Quest have you heard? And you know where those stories are? <clears throat> They're in the back of your mind. Back there. Like this podcast. Now one day, I hope you never forget what I'm telling you, but one day you may. And you're going to be somewhere. You're going to be at a party. You're going to see an Indian movie. And you're going to see something about a vision. And you're going to say to you, my God, I remember that. That was in that podcast by that guy. It's been there, podcaster. Just waiting for the event to bring it out. So you take all those stories and you put them in the mind of that Kiowa he's going to go out and he's not going to have any food he's not going to have any water have I convinced you they're not using peyote they're not using that oh if you had it that might help Comanche and Sioux didn't so I'm going to give you another one this is a true story told to me by a friend, and I asked him, I said, can I use it when I teach the vision quest? He said, yes, you can, but I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm not going to do that, podcaster, but I'm going to tell you what he told me. I had not seen him for a while, and I ran into him. I waved him, and oh, he said, my gosh, Stra, I was in a terrible wreck out in the middle of nowhere, right off the road. I don't ask Why? I thought he was going to die. Got thrown from the vehicle. I don't, I'm lying there on the highway. I'm in more pain I've ever been in in my life. I know I'm going to die. And from nowhere, this man came running up. He knelt down beside me. He looked at me and he said, you're going to be all right. And he added, I saw, I saw young men Heard a lot worse than this in Korea. Well, my friend, history guy, Korea, he said, were you in the war? Yes. Who were you with? 1st Marine Division. Were you on the Frozen Chosen? Oh, you better believe I was on the Frozen Chosen. So he started talking. When he got to the hospital, a couple of days later, he's in intensive care, then he gets moved out to a private room, and here come some of his friends. And they come in to see him, and he tells his friends, you know, I was lying out there beside my truck, more pain than I've ever been in my life, and this man showed up from nowhere. We started talking about the Korean War, and if it had not been for him, I think I'd have died. He got my mind off how much pain I was in. He said, Stroud, I know his strange looks on my friends. And they said, what well, you just told us, the whole hospital was talking about. No one was there. No one was there. You were alone. And he told me, he said, Stroud, I told them I was not alone. He was there. Was he there, podcasters? Or was he in the back of his mind? All those war stories just waiting to come out. When it came to these visions, they weren't lying. Now, whether you believe that or not, does not mean one thing. But I tell you what, they believed it. And it made them the most ferocious warrior you don't ever want to go up against. Those were the visions. So when they come back, now they're men. And they're gonna be warriors, and they're gonna get married, and they're gonna be hunters. Now, the way the Kiowa got married, With the horse Indians, the Plains Indians, the horse was the most valuable thing. You can't even think about putting a price on a horse. And so, when you're going to get married, you find the girl that you want to have as your wife, and then you get your horses. And what you want to do is you're going to take these horses over, and they're going to be a gift to the girl's father. If he gets those horses and puts them out in his own herd, then you get her... And you go back, and you are married. Couple of things. You don't want to get turned down. If he turns you down, he comes out and he scatters those horses. Just shoot, get out of here! And all of a sudden, your horses are going in every direction that a horse can go in, and you got to go catch them. And the whole band knows why. So you want to make sure you go ask. And you're going to get a yes. And here's the second thing. If you marry the oldest sister. Now here we go. Podcast. They did not have many children. And so some podcaster out there is saying, well, what if they only had one best case scenario? They knew all of this. If there were sisters. Sisters. By marrying the oldest sister, you got first claim on all the other sisters. They didn't have to marry you. They couldn't marry anyone else unless you agreed to it. Now, you get the first one and you build a teepee. And then after you've been married a while, your wife says to you, When are you going to get another wife? When are you going to get another wife? Not long after we got married, you promised me you were going to go get another wife. My sister's over there right now. If you know what's good for you, you will go over and you will marry my sister? Well, men, how much can you take? Now, you have to be able to provide for You've got to have enough horses. So you can't just go into a teepee and say, I want to marry every little girl that you... No. It takes time. And so you go and you take the other sister, for example. You don't have to, but you do. You so now you've got two wives. Podcasters. How many wives do you want in a teepee at one time? And which, which one do you want? Well, I'm going to answer the way a cowboy would answer. One wife, one teepee. You get the picture? So, how many wives does he have? Well, look at how many teepees he's got. So, we have another teepee. Now, you got two teepees and two wives. Somebody's got to get out of there. And so, you pick the wife you want to move out. I mean, out of your teepee and she moves to the other teepee. Can you say insult, humiliation? And the whole band knows this, people. Now before I tell you what's gonna happen, every Kiowa knew this. They knew this. Not only did she have to go to the other teepee, she had to carry all of this How can she get even? How can she get even? This is going to sound like as the TP turns, she's going to go out and have an affair. She's going to have an affair with a warrior that is greater than the one that is her husband. Well, how in the world would you know that? Kohacinka? I'm not the Kohacinka. Go to another warrior society. They knew who the great warriors were. Now let's carry this out. If you're doing this to get even with your husband, who moved you to another teepee, the only way you can get even is he's got to find out about it. And so you go down to wash clothing by the creek, and there is little Daisy. And little Daisy cannot keep a secret. So you tell little Daisy, don't you dare tell anyone. But I had an affair with Walking Wolf. Well, how long before the whole band knows? And now the husband knows. Humiliated, insulted, what can he do? I'm gonna remind you again, podcaster. Every Kyle will knew this, including the women. Including the women. There's a multiple choice that he can do to the wife that had the affair. Of course, there's always nothing. Really? These were the choices. A, beat her. B, cut off her nose. Cut off her nose. C, kill her. D, what could D be? All of the above. If he did any of those or all of those, he's not finished. He's now got to go and call out the warrior that had the affair with his wife. Now this warrior is a greater warrior than he is. Let's say the call. When you talk about the Indians, remember it's a man's world. And what they do not want to do is have men killing each other. You got to have that man for survival, and there's not many of them. And so here it is: to save face, he's got to call that greater warrior out that had the affair with his wife, and he's going to tell him, "You have to pay me. You got to tell me how sorry you are, and you got to do that by giving me horses. You got to do that by giving me blankets. You got to do that. You better do it right now." And then in Kiowa, here we go, those two words, are else. What's our else mean? I will kill you. Or else I will kill you. Go back to what I just said. We can't have Kiowa warriors killing each other. But that's the threat. I will kill you. There's the Korsika. So what he does is this, he looks at that warrior whose wife you just had the affair with and you notice he's not standing there by himself, he's got his entire warrior society with him, get a little help from your friends, and just by bringing his warrior society he stole the koasinka without saying a word, I'm not near the warrior you are, see how he gets his help. So he's already admitted to the who is the greater warrior. Now with the Kiowa, with the, with the Comanche, with his saving face. And by him admitting that he's not near the warrior that the Korsika is, that Korsika has saved face. And so what he might do is give him some of the gifts, but look how many it took. And so the Korsika lived for another day. The insulted husband lives for another day. And the only one that was made to pay, apparently, was the wife. Now, a couple of things, podcasters. Do not ever think that I agree with this. This is just the way they were. And every woman knew this. So, how many times was it? I don't know. But it was there. It was there. That is the marriage, that is the growing up. War parties. Major, minor. I have no idea which is which. Absolutely no idea. But when they went to war with the minor ones, they would pass the pipe. They would call all the warrior societies together. You enlist by smoking the pipe or not. That's going to be the minor. I'm. Mean, excuse me. The major war parties, and they're going to go. The Corsink is going to go, and there's going to be a war leader. The war leader has complete control, and I'm going to tell you, most of this war party I'm going to wait and talk about with the Comanche. I'm going to talk most of this with the Comanche, so I'm going to finish up with this, and I'm going to do the war party with the Comanche, okay? And that's their religion, not only about the log, but this. There was a little doll, D-O-L-L, called the TAMI, T-A-M-I. The TAMI was a doll brought to them by an Indian known only as the Arapaho. Now, the Arapaho is a tribe, but we don't know his name. The Arapaho brings it. It's powerful medicine. And the Kiowa asked him, why did Arapaho come to the Kiowa? He said, I have this medicine and I wanted to give it to my own people, but they acted as if I was stuck up and I was better than them because I had something that they didn't, and I got upset. And I said, if you don't want the Tammy medicine, I will find someone that does, and here I am with you, Kiowa, And the Kiowa said, we would be glad to take this Tammy medicine. The Tammy is gonna be like a little doll they're gonna have a Tamey Keeper. You can find a book, Cowboy Medicine, Good and Bad, and it lists them all from 1790 when the Tamey ke- when the uh, hole came, all the way down through 1945. Whenever they had the Sundance, the Tamey doll would be put out on the Sundance pole. But there's another one. That's the 10 Grandmothers. Now the way this came about was long before there were any people there was a little girl living with her mother and she was out in the woods playing when she saw a porcupine and the porcupine looked like something she wanted to play with. You know everybody wants to play with a porcupine. So she went to get that porcupine. The porcupine took off running, ran up a tree. The little girl went up the tree. That porcupine got near the top of that tree, then that tree started growing faster than any tree's ever grown in the history of the universe. It was growing like a rocket. And she hung on for dear life. And she went up into the heavens above the clouds, hanging on to that tree. And when she got there, the porcupine turned into his real self, the son of the sun. The son of the sun. And the little girl and the son of the sun go off, they're married, they have a child. One day, the Kiowa girl has gotten homesick and would like to go back home, takes her little baby in her arms, and she goes walking through the clouds. She sees a plant. She'd been told that she could eat any plant that she wanted, but not that one. Well, say no more. Which plant do you think she wanted? She poured it out and she looked down from the clouds and she could see her own village down there. Or she wants to go down bad. And so she gets on a tree and she starts climbing down. When that takes place, the son of the sun sees that. Runs over with a rock and hits her on the head and she falls to her death. The baby is picked up by Spider Woman. As the baby is being nursed, they notice that there is an oak leaf with a little blood in it. They open that up, and it's now a little boy. He goes out with a gaming wheel, throws it up in the air. It comes down and cuts him in half, and now he's the twin half boys. He goes off, has many adventures, killing monsters. One of the twin half boys walks into a river and is never seen again, and the other one turned himself in to the ten grandmothers. So with the Kiowa Medicine, you have the Tammy and the ten grandmothers, each grandmother given to one of the ten different bands that came together only once a year for the Sundance. In the Sundance, you go into a lodge, you put a whistle in your mouth that only makes a sound as you exhale. It's a buffalo whistle. Come from Buffalo Bone. You dance. You make this noise. You pass out. You enter the passing death and you're given visions. After three days, the sun dance is over and they go on one war party together with all ten bands that you do not want to get in their way, people. Now I'm going to finish the podcast with this. They were bitter enemies of the Comanche. But then... The Comanche and the Kiowa become friends and they unite. We don't know why, we don't know how, but we have this story. It's the only story. There was a Kiowa war party out on the Great Plains. It was coming back. And there was a cabin there, and there was a Mexican in that cabin known as a Comanchero. Anytime a war party was near this Comanchero, they would go in and visit, he was a nice guy. And so the Kiowa War Party goes in to visit. Cabins are not like in many of the movies. It was dark in there, and like walking into a theater, it's dark, your eyes have to adjust. And when this Kiowa War Party's eyes adjusted, they saw in that same cabin, right there, Comanche Warriors. Comanche and Kawa grabbed for their weapons to start killing each other, and the Comanchero said, Stop. There's not many of either one of you. So, what you ought to do is you need to unite. And the Kawa looked up and said, "Uh, We're willing, Comanche, are you? Oh, the Comanche said, "Uh, Well, I am, but you know, we got to get the agreement of all the different Comanche bands. And so if one of you will go with me and we will go to each of the Comanche bands and tell them, and if they agree, we will become united. And a Kiwa warrior named Wolf lying down, he told the fellow cowboys, I will go. Now you give me time to go to all 10 bands and if I'm not back, you go to war against them. Well, he came back. And from 1790, we know that because of the story. The Kiowa and the Comanche are united in war from that moment on. So whenever someone said they saw a Comanche war party, there may have been some Kiowa with them. Now, this is only the beginning of the Kiowa, but it's all we're going to do in this podcast I decided I'm going to just do one podcast for each tribe. But those were the Kiowa. The people who paint both halves of their face and body a different color. Next time, the last. The Comanche. The Comanche. Until then, podcasters, have a good day. Bye-bye.